Hey, and thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. Your host this week, myself, Lee and Reed. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, are you okay? Uh, by your own account, you were starving to death an hour ago. <laughs> I wasn't starving to death. I was pretty hungry, so I took a 15-minute break to eat my lunch early. That's it. No, I thought you like accidentally ordered food early or some shit. No, no, no. This happened to the best of us uh, when you just hit that right now, and then suddenly it's 10.30 in the morning and your fat burger shows up at the office, and what are you going to do? I did not have that problem, no. <laughs> well, what was your lunch? Uh, it was some taquitos, uh, some Welch's, and a granola bar. <laughs> the fucking Reed Classic. Yeah, man. You, uh, w- we started the podcast while you were in the middle of explaining something manga-related. <laughs> it's like it's not i don't know it's just something i came across while i was waiting for you and i thought it was interesting there's uh, a manga called usagi drop or usanagi drop whatever the fuck um and it came out a while back in the day and uh people really loved it they praised it for having a very accurate and real portrayal between a single father and their daughter and sure. like everybody loved it. it, it helped a lot of. And in this particular person's post, it helped their father like connect with his children. And then anime manga did rather. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, 2011 came around, and I guess they released like a part two or something. And they made the daughter find out she's not biologically related to her father, and then she falls in love with him. And then the fucking manga ends oh, with her God. imagining oh, no. having babies with him. <laughs> So people were fucking pissed, and I just thought that was little, really interesting. A little uh, bit of like an old boy rug pull. Yeah, <laughs> the second part. Yeah, there. yeah, but it's like it starts out wholesome, and then you're like, "What the fuck?" It's like, man, no matter how bad you think Game of Thrones is, at least like, <laughs> like this sounds pretty fucking whatever. But did yeah. you uh, did you ever watch Arrested Development? Yes, I watched like not the new stuff, but I watched like the old Arrested Development. Yeah, that's how the the third season, which used to be the end of that series, ended. Was they find out that they're not all like blood related or whatever, and then they immediately want to fuck each other, which is that's some Shelbyville stuff, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're so attractive, like like the idea that the only thing keeping you from ravenously fucking your cousins. <laughs> is, I, is I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Uh, so this came out in 2011. Why is it relevant now, just, ten years later? No, I was just I was just scrolling through like the anime threads and stuff, and I just happened across it. I thought it was pretty fucking. Someone funny. was like, "Hey, remember ten years ago when they they made this really cool thing, but then ruined it with the follow up?" Yeah, it's the Last of Us two of its time. Yeah, it's the Last of Us two of manga. <laughs> Abby wants to fuck her dad, and uh, turns out they're not actually related. So is it ba- is it bad? Who knows? I mean. Yeah, that was the only thing stopping anyone. That's that's a turn. That's like they they plan that rug pull, as in they're like, we'll suck everybody in with this, with this, and then we're gonna we're gonna twist it in such a way to make everybody feel bad. And that's uh, that's not entirely cool. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we uh, we have a state of the union uh, to talk about here. Uh, not to get too political. We're going to talk about Cyberpunk a little bit at the end of this episode. We are going to finish Cyberpunk next week. I'm going to beat it this weekend for sure. I would have beaten it this weekend, but you see, I had to platinum all the Persona dancing games. I had had to. Uh, So we're going to finish our conversation next week, and we're going to finish it for sure, whether it's done or not, because on January 27th, we will have week one of Game of the Year. And then on February 3rd, we'll have part two of Game of the Year. You vote. Sign in online now. 
Snoop Dogg will host. Uh, we are going to do, uh, for the first week, it'll be old game of the year, most surprising game of the year, best exclusive game of the year, best new character, best moment in games 2020, most disappointing game, worst ongoing series or genre, biggest new story, most anticipated game, and we will choose one uh, each for each of those categories and maybe a runner-up or two. Uh, and then for the second week, that will be the top seven games of the year 2020. Uh, top seven, meaning five games will be ranked, and we'll count them down five, four, three, two, one. And then we'll have two extra games as honorable mentions uh, that will be unranked. Uh, so just two un other games you want to mention from this year. And uh, let let's say we'll open up those two games to also be old games of the year, Reed. Uh, so you can name your number one old game of the year, which is, by definition, a game not released in 2020 that you... Uh, Spend some time with in the calendar year, uh, and then the the top seven, the top five must have come out in 2020, whereas the other two can be 2020 games or or not. I'll leave that up to you, since you seem to have trouble finding five games you want to put your name on this year. <laughs> no, I got my list already, so I'm good. Oh, okay. So for three weeks now, if you want to make any swaps, uh, that can that can happen. So the last time I did a game of the year was in 2016, and it was as part of turn-based attack. With Rob, I believe Mike was there, and then Andrew from the warehouse, uh, who's appeared on our uh, programs before, also uh, submitted a list. So it's been five years uh, since I I did this. So this will be this will be fun. 2017, I remember being the first year where I'm like, oh, I'm not doing a podcast this year. I had no, but 2017 was also like one of the better years of video games that I can uh, that I can recall. 2018, back baby. So. 2018 is the year. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, yeah well, that had it's, that uh, near Automata, Persona Five, Horizon, God of War. Like, what a fucking year for video games. Wasn't Horizon in 2017 with Breath of the Wild? I'm. I thought it was 2018, but maybe I'm mistaken. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Uh, so speaking of Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn came out in 2017, and it came out a week before Breath of the Wild, which is why that game got fucking buried, sir. Breath of the Wild was going around that year, just like Triple H, just like fucking squashing all the uh, the up and coming talent Link, that year. It was just, you gotta be Zelda. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking Horizon Zero Dawn coming out here like Jeff Hardy, and you're like, man, they they should really push this guy. And then Breath of the Wild comes out and just pedigrees. What? And, so Horizon <laughs> comes out fucking completely drugged out of their mind and has to get the match called off early. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Triple H was on Raw not two days ago because Drew McIntyre came down with COVID. So Vince hit the big Triple H button and they did a Triple H Randy Orton thing on, on Raw. <laughs> like, like having a company where there is just no stars ready to go. Like just being like, well, I guess Triple H has to appear then. What, uh, well, we put Sheamus out there. I don't know. This is not the wrestling podcast. Horizon not. Zero Dawn <laughs> is a game uh, that my wife is playing on our new TV here. And uh, I didn't play, I didn't finish Horizon Zero Dawn, so I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll third hand help her or watch her play this. And when I say help her, I mean volunteer my help if she's getting hung up on anything or there's particularly hard trials. There's some timed stuff in that game. Uh, so from my point of view, all I've played of Horizon Zero Dawn is some boss fights and the trials. So I get a bit of a trial by fire just watching over someone's shoulder and then picking up the controller and being like, oh yeah, you think you can do better? Execute, motherfucker. Uh, and that's kind of fun, and it's alright. That's a cool game. Uh, lots of parallels to Breath of the Wild. Lots of, uh, in terms of how you interact with the open world and what you're kind of doing in the game. But, man, cool game. Yeah, I platinumed it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I know Nick in the warehouse is another big, uh, big fan. They got that sequel coming out, and now I'll be able to, uh, to play it. The, the story 
uh, I'm very intrigued by. I'm also very intrigued by people not really spoiling uh, any of the nuts and bolts in it. It's not a game that hides itself. It, like, there's no... The mystery in the game is, is more about what's happening in the game versus what took place before the game, if that makes sense. Right. Like, the mystery is, how did these robots get here? Where are they from? Why are they here? But it doesn't really matter even when you do find out, because that doesn't change the facts that there's still robot dinosaurs everywhere. <laughs> right. And the, the more central plot of the game is that there are, like, basically warring cave people tribes. Uh, but there's also, they have varying levels of understanding of the technology that was left behind. And then the main crux of the game is just like, hey, these monsters exist, but they're usually pretty docile. Now they're fucking sweet chin musing, musicking us when we go walking in the woods uh, and someone needs to do something about it. So it uh, looks great in HDR. Highly recommend playing that game in HDR. And like I laughed about earlier, Reed, uh, Persona Dancing. So I platinumed Persona Dancing 3. I platinumed Persona Dancing 5. And I've moved on to Persona 4. Having listened to these soundtracks and extensive remixes of these games. And when you're playing a rhythm game, you are you're not listening to Spotify, you're not watching something on a TV. You, you are locked in, uh, which is why I like the genre, to be completely honest with you. And I will say, I think Persona 4 has my favorite soundtrack of the three. Yeah, uh, I think... Controversial, but... It's yeah. not very controversial. <laughs> I think the thing about Persona 3, 4, and 5... Um, is that they all have different motifs and themes, especially Definitely. for their music, though. Persona 5 is very much an acid-jazz mix. Persona 3 is like a mix between rock and rap and hip-hop, whereas Persona 4 is very clearly J-pop for the most part. It's got, I mean, it's got the catchiest songs, therefore. Like, you can't really can't really beat it. And then in uh, the Persona 4 dancing game came out first, uh, so it's actually more archaic than the other two. Uh, they definitely changed up some of the... It's weird to go have gone back uh, from 3 and 5 and go back to 4, but they had a full story mode in there that played out like a full visual novel, and you will not believe the amount of dialogue that they f- fucking recorded and wrote for this story mode, dude. No, I so it's, believe uh, it. I believe it. <laughs> it's a sequel to Persona 4. All the characters are there, and the events of Persona 4 have taken place. Uh, now there is a there's a girl group... Uh, like a idol group and the the shadow world is back only this time we aren't fighting the shadows read it is the expression we are using is dance uh, that is how we will fight the evil and uh, even when you when you get a really good score uh, you fever out and then you also at the end of the match you summon your persona and each of the characters personas will come out and they all have a different instrument oh god uh, so like <laughs> yeah so like the main character's persona shows up and he just like gives this like sick bass solo then all the monsters explode it's <laughs> it's okay man like it, it like the story mode is is a like lot a church <laughs> uh, that stuff's cool the the characterization is fine it's it's weird how they do it because obviously they want to reference things that happened in the game uh, and things that these characters have been through they're very subtle at doing that because they also don't necessarily want to spoil Persona 4 if you want to go back and play it. Uh, there's one funny story beat that's like a side quest in this where uh, the, the one of the main characters stays out of the Shadow World. She's kind of back in the main world and she changes into her regular clothes and a knife-wielding psychopath kicks the door open and he's like, where is she? I'm going to taste her blood or whatever. And uh, he's got a knife. You can even see in the drawing of him during this visual novel, he's holding like a switchblade. He's, he's ready. And uh, she, he doesn't recognize her because she's in her, her plain clothes. So uh, Dojima is there, thankfully. 
the Japan's only cop, Dojima. <laughs> and uh, anyways, this gets resolved. And then the next scene that happens, and as far as I know, this is in the same day, is Nanako takes a liking to the idol lifestyle and wants to start learning how to dance. And Dojima doesn't have shit to say about it. You'd figure... <laughs> You'd figure, like, in the same day of someone being like, I, I'm going to kill this idol in, in cold blood in her own dressing room and, and fuck my life, uh, that when your daughter then said, hey, I, th- I, that's for me, uh, you'd be like, oh, I got some... Look. Nanako, I've got some problems with Lee, this. if you actually played a regular Persona 4, you'd be wondering why the fuck Dojima lets her out of the house at all. Well, the thing about Dojima as well is, like, who is he to start parenting now? Like, that guy was leaving questionable things in the fridge for his daughter to eat at the best of times and then just fucking off. Like, there was times when it was just like, you know, because uh, it's really nice. Because there's a chain that... of murders happening in his town where he's so poor <laughs> and he's the Look, only I understand that work was important and it, it, it took a priority at that time as people were showing up horribly tied to telephone poles and shit. Right, but, but that's uh, a big part of his character arc is that he's a workaholic and he doesn't think because it's a small town that his daughter needs that much protection and then he realizes by the end of the game, fuck, I need to be a better father, I need to be there more and I need to stop yeah. fucking acting like she's like 20 years old. She's a kid. That's right. So, well, anyways, yeah. uh, a, a bit of a strange story beat uh, in any case. Anyways, you rescue these... Uh, these girls from this idol idol group, uh, and everybody has a happy ending, and that's that's kind of sure. the end of the game. Uh, then you uh, to get the 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 trophies in that game are a little different, uh, albeit the same. So I'm working my way through that, and I will be the guy who has platinum to all the Persona dancing games. I can hang my hat on that. So, uh, what other than Cyberpunk uh, have you been playing this week? Me. Well, yeah. Lee, I just... You only got here. <laughs> yeah, I just finished building a, a computer that's over $2,000 Canadian. Uh, very exciting. So the, that's like 700 bucks. Yeah, I was basically <laughs> waiting forever to find a graphics card. I found one from a local person on a local marketplace on Saturday. Uh, went out there late at night and grabbed it. Built my PC on Monday this week, and it's fucking awesome. I'm using a... Th- uh, a 3060 Ti graphics card, um, B55 Tomahawk motherboard, uh, 3070X processor, bunch of other bullshit. Um, but on that, I've been playing lots of games now because of it. Still playing Age of Mythology with my buddies, of course. Um, still having fun with that. Uh, we decided to pick up the last Left 4 Dead bundle yesterday. It's on sale for like yeah for less than twenty bucks you get both Left 4 Dead's. Uh, buddy at work, Roderick, just told me that they added like two hundred fucking maps to the game or like twenty maps or whatever, uh, like very sneakily apparently. So I'm very excited to play those. Don't want anybody to know about that extra content. Did you uh, did you look into Back for Blood at all? I think there was a beta. I have no idea what the fuck that is. Um. Uh, it's made by the Left 4 Dead guys. It's just a spiritual successor, not done with Steam. It's it's. They, nope. they spun out, and they're basically making Left 4 Dead. No, nope, uh, I, I haven't heard of that. So, <laughs> Look into besides, it. Besides that, we also picked up um, Star Wars Battlefront 2 Classic on the oh, PC. Oh, shit. Yeah, like 2005, and we were, we were throwing down some of that, and that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, the sound bites for the uh, the hero characters and that are so fucking... Like, they're etched into my mind. They're things that I say in, when I'm playing video games... <laughs> Like, when the, when you summon Emperor Palpatine in that game and he shows up, he's like, I am here, and I am not amused! And he just starts <laughs> flying around, fucking zapping or everybody. Or he blasts people with Django's pistol, and he's like, I might need, I might be able to retire after today, or some shit. 
Um, yeah, he killed so many clone troopers that he can retire yeah, comfortably. Yeah, that's how it works. Someone's paying him for that shit. <laughs> yeah, so besides that, I'm also, yeah, I picked up Cyberpunk on PC. Um, all I would say is that the P- playing the PS4 version on PS5 on a 4K TV looks significantly worse than my twenty five hundred dollar yes. PC, unsurprisingly. But I am using a very old monitor for my P. I shouldn't say very old, but it's like it's like eight years old. It's not particularly great. It is an HD monitor, but it doesn't go past ten eighty. Um, but the game still looks significantly better. Um, I've also been playing Warzone on the PC and just getting used to the general controls of keyboard and mouse for first-person shooters. Uh, It's going to take me a little bit to do that transition, but I can definitely see this being better than controller in the long run. (laughs) Hot take. (laughs) Well, no, it's not supposed to be a hot take. It's just, like, talking about it. Um, But No, but it's just, like, that's that's the age-old thing is, like, Twitch gaming on keyboard and mouse versus controller the people who've been console gamers playing halo growing up are gonna be more comfortable on controller but yes we have to concede that keyboard and mouse in terms of performance is the way to go absolutely yeah like it's definitely hard for me to get out of that habit because i have literally been playing cod for like fuck like over a decade now when did cod 4 come out for 360 Oh, Jesus Christ, 2006, 2007? Yeah, 2007. I've, I've been playing yeah. since COD 4. Like, I remember the World at War release. Like, so I've been playing COD 4 online since then with a controller. So, uh, yeah, transitioning has been a little bit difficult, but I'm getting used to it now. Optimize some of my controls. Basically set up my entire uh, battle station, as they call it, online. I think that's a little fucking lame. I like to just call it my computer area. Your <laughs> desk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I'm fucking loving it. I'm basically, uh, I have a week of vacation coming up where I'm going to download Baldur's Gate 3, which is one of the games I've been looking forward to the most. And uh, during that period, I'm hopefully going to get my stream and everything optimized on my new computer so I can actually take this a little bit seriously. Uh, turns out that trying to rely on a PS5 and a fucking 10-year-old computer to stream or record content is a really bad idea. So yeah, weird. Yeah, so this should help out a lot in that regard. So yeah, look, good times all around for me. Oh, and I'm I've been dabbling in some Kotar too, of course. Do you want to? Uh, there's a monitor in my office that you can borrow on weekends <laughs> if, you, if you so choose. It's not being used by anyone. If it's still there, uh, help yourself. It's like 27 inches or something like that. Uh, I just learned that my TV that I just bought. We'll get a uh, HDMI 2.1 upgrade thing that they were kind of hemming and hawing about putting into it, but they've uh, decided to. So, yippee for me, uh, having bought a TV that will be upgraded to be have everything I need for the PS5 for it. So, pretty happy about that. Yeah. It's, so, it's a Sony TV, though, so it's on them to support their shit. Yeah, right? that makes sense. I'm sure if I was able to manage... To, if I'm sure if I was able to find an HDMI 2 cord that, more or less, it would be compatible with my PS5. And my TV. That's not to say that you can't find one. That's to say you haven't looked because they're available like any electronic store. Yes, like, I, have, I Amazon haven't looked just... or gave a shit about it really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's like it sounds like it'll just run better. That's what that means, right? There, there were two. There are two new things uh, that have to do with visual fidelity, and I didn't actually read further on them. Uh, I just learned that my TV will now be able, capable of this when I had previously dismissed it as something my TV probably wouldn't have. Hmm. Uh, so it was like a, a compromise I made. It was like, hey, would you like a back rub or a foot rub? And I'm like, I'll choose the back rub. And they're like, well, it comes with a free foot rub. I'm like, this is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of kind of where I'm at on that. Uh, but good to hear on the new computer. Uh, powerful. 
Uh, great looking rig you have there with the Phantom Pain Collector's Edition uh, arm yes, inside yes. of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had I've had that forever from a buddy at work, and it turned out to be red and black, just like the case I bought. Uh, NZ NZXT H five ten I. By the way, if you're interested. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the fucking arm looks absolutely fantastic there. I have it in the chef's kiss position and everything. It looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and just a reminder to everyone to watch that uh, video of Henry Cavill building a PC. It was very wholesome. <laughs> Had you not seen it previously? No, that was the first time I ever that seen it. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you just hear the headline. You're like, well, it's like, what is it, six minutes long? I'll fucking check this shit out. Uh, yes, it's very uh, homegrown. Just like he decided at the last second to set up a camera and film himself doing this. Very low production value. And uh, more of the content that the internet needs, I think. Yeah, uh, like it's it's not so much a thing about being relatable, but just like... Oh, like, Henry's not getting some fucking person to build this for him. Like, he clearly went out and found these parts himself, and then he's like, fuck yeah. it. Like, I want to put it together. I want to be that person. It was like that story when Terry Crews uh, was talking about his son, and he's like, well, I kept trying to bring him to, like, like sports games or, like, to come work out, and he didn't want to do that. And I was like, what the fuck is the problem? And he's like, oh, I should probably relate to my son instead of trying to make my son relate to me. So then Terry and his kid both built PCs together. And I thought that was really fucking cool. Peace, building PCs, bringing people together. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, what that's, we, right. that's what we together do. Together apart. Just jacked, uh, jacked men building PCs. <laughs> 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 Including me. I am huge. Dot com. <laughs> yeah. Look me up on uh, OnlyFans. Jacked men building PCs. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, he wore the right shirt. Uh, for that, for that as well, like he, he, there was, there was a bit of, you know, he's like, I gotta, I have a, a, uh, a female contingency of fans, and uh, I'm gonna make sure to just slip this thing on real quick. Uh, unlike Chris, Chris uh, Evans, who just like tweeted a picture of his dick at some point last year, uh, which is a little more forward, I think. He's no, just like, what did it, it didn't just get leaked or some shit. Dick leaked uh, something something it was like he was in the reflection or something it was like a, oh sorry I didn't realize my giant hog was in the picture I just tweeted <laughs> uh, it was it was very like oops sorry everybody and then hit like for for like a week the news just switched to like did you see Captain America's penis it's gigantic uh, and that was kind of the, that was the news and that was you know it was a simpler time slow news day yeah there's no COVID Sl or fucking speaking riots. of slow news days CES is on if you are a fan of fridges and fridges with TVs in them uh, this is the week for you of course CES moving more to a more digital format I don't know if they're doing something in person in Las Vegas they could be because as far what, as I know Vegas is, is just open what is CES you're talking about the consumer electronics show that takes place right after New Year's oh I have no idea uh, what that is yeah, it's usually overshadowed by all the other holiday stuff that's going on and how, how busy we are. But it is a, uh, a large electronics show. Video game stuff gets announced there. Uh, all manner of electronics uh, and, and PC-related accessories and graphics cards. And everybody's got something to say. So we do have video game announcements stemming from this. Uh, sorry to say, the Harry Potter RPG Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed to 2022. Oh, which, no. I will remind you, sounds like a million years from now, but it is next year. Uh <laughs> Capcom uh, announced that Pragmata will be delayed to 2023, <laughs> and Square Enix's Project Athea will be coming 2022. I don't know if you watched either of those trailers. No, I have no uh, idea from what the, you're talking from the about. 
Uh, everybody thought one of those games was like a Hideo Kojima game because it looked like it had the Spaceman in it and just the, the look of the game looked that way. But uh, no, two Capcom projects that have been pushed back. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the big news yesterday, we learned that there'd be an Indiana Jones game in the works from the newly minted Lucasfilm Games. Disney has brought back a video game producing studio under their wings. Uh, previously, they had, was it Disney Interactive? Whoever made uh, Disney Infinity... Uh, they shuttered them. Like, th there was no remnants of that studio. They were straight up closed. Everybody was was laid off. Uh, so Lucasfilm Games now exists and will appear to uh, be their platform uh, going forward for Disney Lucasfilm related stuff. So Star Wars, Indiana Jones. This kind of came out of nowhere. Apparently Bethesda will be producing this thing. And Machine Games, the guys behind the new Wolfenstein games, will be developing this Indiana Jones game. Todd Howard will be the executive producer. Uh, so you know if this was on stage, he would have come out in a fedora and like a leather jacket. He's already got the leather jacket. Sure. Uh, I I don't you don't strike me as someone who gives a shit about Indiana Jones. No, That's boomer I, shit. Like, right? well, it's very odd that you say that because I have seen I okay I have very particular things about Indiana Jones as a kid. I have only seen Temple of Doom once. That's interesting. Because the heart-ripping-out scene fucking scared me so much as a kid, I simply could not watch that movie. Like That that movie is only PG-13. Yeah, <laughs> Did I, you know that? Like, I can't... I cannot watch that movie as a kid. Holy ma. Yeah, because of the fucking heart-ripping. Um, Last Crusade and... What's the other one? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've seen a shit ton. And then I turned like 10 and I haven't seen it since. And I have no desire to go back and watch them again either. It's uh, it's kind of the man-child action movie thing that's... Like, it's... In in a way, Indiana Jones is like James Bond if you latched onto James Bond as a kid. Uh, I loved Indiana Jones for a long time. I read all the young Indiana Jones. I watched the awful TV show that you could rent at the library that was like young Indiana Jones. I've played every Indiana Jones game to come out. Uh, so I would consider myself a fan. And in terms of things I wasn't expecting and things I have no expectations for, this is like at the top of the list. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll play this. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. How fucked up is it that these people are making this game? That's wild. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of neat. Uh, is it a first-person game where you're just fighting Nazis? Is it a third-person like puzzle game like a Tomb Raider? Uh, w w will Harrison Ford be the actor? Will Shia LaBeouf step in to voice the... Uh, we'll see We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Anyway, uh, other than that, Ubisoft this morning announced uh, that they are making Star... They're making a Star Wars. They're making a uh, Star which, Wars, Lee. Which also sounded the alarm that, hey, at some point here, EA will not be exclusive on Star Wars. Their contract is coming up. And uh, EA has since released a comment... On uh, their partnership uh, to say that, hey, uh, we are proud of our long-standing collaboration with Lucasfilm Games, uh, which will continue for years to come. EA said in a statement, our talented teams have created some of the most successful games in the history of Star Wars franchise, including Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Battlefront, Galaxy of Heroes, and Squadrons. Uh, so so the relationship there continues. Like, there will be another Fallen Order game. Yeah, sure. There can be another Battlefront and Squadrons game. Uh, but also, Lucasfilm is... is now wisely realizing yeah. that, hey, signing one studio to a 10-year deal was a fucking mistake. Well, and especially if it's a studio like EA, that there is some impact that some people have some general negative feelings towards them. And in general, giving your property to more studios allows for different genres, different takes on the medium, and generally just 
can create more opportunities for something fantastic. Like, so, uh, of course, go with a studio that everybody feels really, really good about and has no controversy, Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah, that was the, but that's the flip side that I said to you this morning. I'm like, it's like going, it's like quitting McDonald's and going to work at Burger King instead. It's like, it's not, you're kind of just going to the same kind of level. It would have been really nice to see them outsource this to, like, geez, I don't know. Like, who, who just well, made that's, What? That's just it, is like, the thing I want to see out of Star Wars that the EA deal was preventing was Star Wars games of varying sizes. Every Star Wars game does not need to be a AAA release. Uh, we can we can have some smaller, smaller fun things yeah, come out of Star Wars, X- like RTSs and yeah, stuff, you get, know? Get the XCOM guys to do, like, a turn-based tactical Tact- yeah, fucking game. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, yeah, make an RTS. Empire at War was their last RTS, and it's actually, like, not bad at all. Yeah, make some RTSs. Make another fucking first-person shooter like Dark Forces. Uh, like, why the hell not? Like a story-driven first-person... Well, they have that mode in Battlefront, right? Which is not quite that. No, it's not quite that. But make it, like, you know, spice it up. Like, make your character Mandalorian. You can have verticality with a jetpack or some shit. Like, you have a fuck ton of different... We- basically make Doom but Star Wars. Is what I'm I was going to say, say, basically make 2016 Doom remake of dark forces and then fucking call yeah me sure when cal katarn's kicking ass yeah but like star wars can be used in a variety of different mediums that being said lee i am mm-hmm. totally open to an open world star wars game more so because yes. my expectations for star wars games are already so fucking low that like i can't really be disappointed um right one of the things i've always wanted and it's like only the old republic like the mmo can satisfy is like creating my own character in this universe and giving them clothes and determining their their job or profession like one of the best pathways in the old republic is bounty hunter and it's like why can't in any other star wars game just you know make a bounty hunter and go out and shoot people i don't want to be a force wielder all the fucking time uh, that the be- thing people, yeah, an immersive world, a a atmosphere, like, people just want to exist in the world and not be the hero, per se. They just want to, eat, like, have that, right. basically, Cyberpunk 2077 level of world detail where I can just walk around, fuck around in the Star Wars universe. Right, like, right, like, yeah. I don't, it's been said for years by, like, everybody who has a fucking brain in video games, but if you just took Skyrim and, like, give it a Star Wars paint, you would print money because people would eat that shit up. Skyrim lends itself to being played a lot, just given its structure. And then Star Wars is already one of the most popular IPs on the Earth. Just makes sense. Uh, already the top what was it on the last episode of Nerd Crew? It's like already the top grossing movie, like before the movie had come out, the most popular and top grossing movie of all time. Yeah, it's just uh, the only thing I'm very cautious about, and I just I know it's gonna fucking end up this way. Is they're gonna like do their showcase and they're like, we're very proud to announce Star Wars, like open galaxy or whatever the fuck it's called where you play an ex jedi between episodes three and four and you're like no (laughs) (laughs) so it's made by massive games uh ubisoft has announced their new star wars game massive games of course the guys behind the division series which is fine Uh, i don't know if you spent any time with the division but both games are great i played both yeah they're fine uh a star wars game built on that engine uh, would be cool. Of course, we want to see multiple environments. We got to put Tatooine in there. I clapped when I saw Tatooine. Oh my god! I uh, clapped when he took out his red lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
that's uh that's all kind of exciting and again a no expectations kind of way uh that hopefully they they put a class system in where yeah we can just be smugglers and bounty hunters and just get paid just a loot based yeah. star wars game like with fashion I, I cannot tell you how much more i would have enjoyed fallen order if it didn't fucking touch any of the movies but like they can't they're like no we have to make it about the movies it has to take place between three and four like, that's the only solution we have to this problem. And, like, there's nothing you can do in that time period that's fucking interesting because you can't affect main canon. Like, all these it's fucking... It's funny car- that you say all- that because, of course, we were just talking about Force Unleashed. And that was a game where they wrote this story that absolutely has implications for the main canon. And Lucas, at the time, when he was still around, like, signed off on it. He was like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, yeah, yeah, Vader started the rebellion. That makes sense. He's like, will it make it? Will it make me money? And they're like, yes. He's like, then do it. <laughs> will the nerds like me again? Not really. Will it make me money? <laughs> yes. Then, so then do it. Also, those games are fucking great. So yeah, like don't so. talk shit about like story and like the the implications of the force is completely fucking bonkers and stupid. Like, <laughs> you look at the original trilogy, Lee, and what is the force in the original trilogy? It's this very subtle thing. You can kind of move like a rock or a lightsaber out of snow. Yeah. You get Do you remember the movie Matilda? <laughs> no. The force uh the force powers in the original Star Wars trilogy are barely above what Matilda can do in that real doll novel and and movie. Yeah. Uh, where she can just it's like you can move shit with your mind if you if you really try. Yeah, and like you can get like <laughs> general feelings of things or like somewhat predict and then you get to, when you get to, like, the sequel trilogy, Ray's, like, healing dudes, and Adam Driver is, like, fucking choking, like, stopping blaster bolts. Uh, but then you get, <laughs> well, but Vader none, does of, that, that in, none in of that compares to Force Awakens when Starkiller is grabbing, like, a fucking Star Destroyer out of the sky. Force Unleashed, yeah. And, like, yeah. blowing open hangar doors with a Force push and shit. Like, it's fucking crazy. When you're in the hangar, you just, like, pick up a stormtrooper and he grabs his buddy's hand and you splat both of them on the windshield of a TIE fighter. You're just like, yeah! Yeah, there's nothing better, yeah, than force grabbing a guy up. You throw his, you throw your lightsaber at him so it impales him and you throw him at a fucking TIE fighter. You got, the, uh, God, what I remember when they revealed that game, it was just, like, a pane of glass and they were just, like, using the main character to pick up stormtroopers and smash them through glass like it was fucking Robocop yeah, or something. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that game's good. That's a good. That's a good Star Wars game. Yeah, uh, not, not complaining yes. here, not at all. You get a black lightsaber no. in that. That's cool. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of costume options. Uh, you can even play C three PO if I remember correctly. <laughs> Everyone's favorite droids. Uh, yeah, so you know, that's positive Star Wars news if I ever heard it. That they can uh, diversify. Uh, and that hopefully we can get some indie Star Wars, like, f- like, fuck it. Like, let's get some weird, let's get a Star Wars RPG. They did a Lord of the Rings RPG. They did Third Age and they did all that shit, right? Yeah. Get, cut. Third Age was basically just Final Fantasy X, okay? It was literally the exact same game, except it was Lord of the Rings with a shitty story. Um, what was the one that came out more recently? It was like Middle Earth something. It was like also an RPG. What the fuck was it called? What? Are you sure? Yeah, there was a newer one than Third Age. Like... Lord of the Rings. Like War Lord in the North? Oh, War in the North. No, yeah. yeah, I played War in the North with, with like, my girlfriend, actually. Uh, it's really fucking bad. It's just, like, it's... Oh, that, it's okay. It's well, hardly... It checks out. It's hardly an RPG. It's, like, it's like a beat-em-up Borderlands with, like, half the length and, like, nothing else to it. 
Um, but yeah, it'd be really I fuck. It'd be really neat to get just a classic party based RPG a la Kotar. Hey, you can make Kotar three. Fuck it. Uh, so, here's, here's a suggestion. Yeah, here's one for free for outsource you. Outsource uh, it to Obsidian. I mean, Sotar kind of absolutely uh, pooped on the cannon for Kotar, but fuck it. Like, I want a party. Well, Reed, like, are you connecting the dots here? Uh, that Microsoft owns Bethesda. Bethesda has made a deal with Lucas Arts, and Microsoft also now owns Obsidian. They they have all. They're holding all the cards except for Bioware. But if you were talking just KOTOR 2, then Bioware doesn't need to be talked about in this conversation. My lord, is that legal? They they hold they got them they have all the pieces to the puzzle. Will they execute? <laughs> uh, I think more stuff like this should be expected uh, from them. And then the question becomes: Is Indiana Jones an Xbox exclusive? Fuck you, Japan. This is our superhero guy. He's, <laughs> he's ours. You can't. You can't play with him. Uh, let's talk more about the PS5 and these black PS5s. I don't know if you saw this circulating online, Reed. I saw a quick, uh, but they, quick image or something. Yeah, so they did like a PS2-inspired PS5 design in terms of the color of the, uh, the buttons on the controllers and the console itself. Uh, these things uh, became available on January 8th and, of course, flew off the shelves. Uh, they then canceled all of the orders because of legitimate threats to the, to the retailer. Uh, so the, these have all been cancelled and no further information is available. Uh, apparently, the, the threats from consumers, I guess, or, or scalpers or whomever uh, that got frozen out of this black PS5 is enough that they, they are going into hiding. So that's awful. Uh, and no one should ever get a black PS5. That's it. We're taking our ball and we're going home. All the members of this uh, retailer, they all get the black PS5s. That's it. GTA 6. Fuck, who, can, who, I mean, a lot of people give a shit, but, like, I couldn't give less than a fuck about Grand Theft Auto. If we had a award for late to the party uh, in our game of the year, this is, uh, this is maybe the headline. This has not been widely reported on by actual video game journalists. I'm using the term loosely. Uh, this is coming out of sources such as comicbook.com, Screen Rant, uh, which I know you, you are familiar with, that a female protagonist is next in line. And the female protagonist isn't what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, do you remember when learning what the new protagonist for a GTA game would be was, like, the biggest thing ever? Or are you too young? No, like, <laughs> like my when I was first aware of Grand Theft Auto and playing and stuff was when San Andreas was out, okay? Okay. Yeah. Right, so it's kind of neither here nor there. And I so, and I never, I don't think GTA is fun. Like I like driving's cool, but like I don't derive enjoyment from its fucking very generic third person shooter mechanics. I don't find the story engaging whatsoever. I think the writing is goofy as fuck. Uh, I just, just nothing from GTA that I think is exceptional in any way, except for the size of the world and the detail and the driving. But besides that, I can absolutely take it or leave it. I think Rockstar broke new ground uh, in a certain era with the GTA. Like GTA San Andreas is oh yeah, like the, be the best GTA game. Yeah, I, yes. I acknowledge the achievements they made with them in regards to the sim aspects, uh, basically crafting a character and, like I said, the size of the world and stuff. It's just like I said, not for me at all. Yeah, uh, the 
I remember because this used to be the only open world game in town, man. And in, in many, many ways, uh, if you wanted to fuck around in a city and drive some cars and shoot some people, GTA was the destination location. And uh, what character you would be doing that as was a huge thing. And then when these games hit PC, the first thing uh, that rolls out for it is skins. is just changing the, the player you play as. And then when GTA Online came out, let's be honest... It was finally your chance to put yourself insert into GTA and do a lot of the same bullshit. It's one of the most successful fucking games of all time. So who are we to say uh, that the gameplay is is so dated and uh, not boring, but like in in Red Dead Online, it's boring. In GTA, it's it's not boring. It's just antiquated. It feels a little clumsy. Uh, GTA Six. What does it mean to have a female protagonist in that game when the online thing is the thing that people are now associating GTA with? What does it mean to have a female protagonist in whenever this 2025 or whenever this game comes out? What story are you telling? Is my point. Like you've done you've done games with multiple protagonists where none of them feel like they have necessarily a, a story arc uh, or anything like that. Like they're a criminal at the beginning of the game and they're a criminal at the end of the game. Uh, some things sprinkled throughout, there are stories that open and shut during the course of the game, but ultimately, uh, like, I like GTA 4, I like Nico Bellic as a character, uh, I like mo more or less the, the wildcap crime uh, caper they told in that game, but man, GTA 5's story is, is pretty rough, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, of course, GTA 6 will be the best-selling game of all time, uh, regardless of what we have to say about it. Universal Studios, Osaka, Japan... They have the Super Mario Nintendo World thing going on. You can take a virtual tour now, uh, which might be the only way people are experiencing this thing for quite a while. Uh, but it is apparently operational and good to go. I have been to this theme park prior to them building this Mario World, so now I guess now I have a reason to go back. Are you a theme park person, Reed? No, I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> like, do you do, like, Redneck uh, theme park? Like, do you go to, like, Red River X? Do you... Uh, yeah, uh, my girlfriend likes those. I don't personally find much enjoyment from them like i can take or leave rides i don't like huge crowds i think that it's full of sweaty smelly fucking people uh wow yeah i i don't like to do a lot of things i have very few hobbies <laughs> <laughs> there it is <laughs> yeah like you're just not eating a slice of pizza and like picking a rubber duck out of like it's uh it's a money sink yes yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things that you file under, did I miss this in the year where it didn't happen? No. And the answer is no. Uh, maybe if you stack up a few years of no carnivals, I'm going crazy. Uh, we'll see. But uh, let's end the conversation today with a little talk about Cyberpunk 2077. As I mentioned, I did not finish the game. I did finish a number of the side quests and wanted to kind of touch on those and what you experienced at the end of your side quests uh, because it had to have been vastly different than mine. So I did Judy, I did Pan Am, I did Rivers. Uh, when I say I did, I don't mean with my penis. I mean <laughs> I did the side quest because I have romanced no one in that game. Uh, and I guess it's like you said, if you are not aggressively choosing the flirt options or romance options during those early quests, just count it out. Is that more or less what I'm to understand? Uh count them out um no i guess i was more so saying that um in cyberpunk they don't subtly bring up the romance to you uh like i said in persona you have 10 levels of a relationship and it's around level five to seven when you actually start getting some flirtation options and if you don't choose those then you can't actually date them later 
Whereas in Cyberpunk, it's more like, let's do a bunch of quests together, and then at the end, I'm going to tell you that I want to fucking be in a relationship, and you're put on the spot, and you, you don't really get a chance to cultivate that relationship in a natural way. It seems more... So I'm saying false on that, because both Judy and Pan Am, uh, I, are they romanceable by, a, like, a male character? No. As far as I know? Uh, Pan Am is, is the hetero male Judy option. Isn't. Judy is the homosexual female option. Gotcha. So in Panam's case, it never it never came up uh, at the end. What do you mean? Not that I was like there was no romance option. There well, was no, no. You need to like in that mission where you're on the couch. You need to like fucking ask her to do go some to Bill s- Cosby shit. <laughs> no, like it is like persona in the fact that uh, you have to be flirty in the quest. It's not as obvious, and it's a lot quicker. Is what my complaint is. Um, like, I don't like how in Cyberpunk, how it's, like, second mission and Panam's like, fuck me, and you can't just be like, how about we fuck on the eighth quest as opposed to the second one? I just, so modest, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just feel like the progression was too quick, and they didn't make it entirely obvious how you want to progress. So what's, so what's interesting about that is the only romance option I've been offered is Rivers, uh, and I don't think it affects any of the other dialogue or anything. Like, I don't think it changes the character and how they respond to you up until that point. But uh, things got really gay really fast, is, is how I like to put it, uh, at the end of that at the end of that quest. Uh, the way he would, like, talk to V after a certain point. I guess I chose a flirtatious option at some point earlier. Uh, and then everything had a weird tone after that. And like, hey, nothing wrong with Rivers at all. If that's uh, if that's a, I like my V nearly fucked Rivers. I was like, you know what? It's this is how mo- much more romantic will this be for uh, Rivers to just rail me at the top of this fucking water tower uh, when he offers me a beer? But to 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 see it going in that direction and to continuously uh, push away his advances, like seeing him be like, oh, let's go to this romantic spot and I'll offer you a drink, and for me to be like, I'm good, or like, give me a lemonade. I don't want to drink booze. And him just be like, well, I'm just going to get drunk then. Uh, it became very cringy, very awkward. Uh, I, if you didn't experience this or, or see the, the cutscene the way I saw it. Well, uh, like with Pan Am, there was just nothing. There was no romantic option at the end. Uh, basically, she's like, hey, you're welcome here anytime. Uh, peace. And then with Judy, she was just like, I'm leaving Night City. And I'm like, cool. Right. Here's the keys to my apartment, uh, says Judy. And then the next time she called me on the hollow, not six hours later in game, Okay, uh, she had already moved to Seattle. All right, so. we're having very different experiences here. First of all, you are a, you are a male character, so already Judy and Rivers aren't going to really give you the option to romance them at all. But Rivers did. Right. No, you have the option to try to flirt with these characters, Lee, but they will reject you. I have tried. Okay. Rivers wouldn't have fucked me if I asked him to? You, no, he would not have. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so, for example, there's also the homosexual male romance option later in the game. You should have met this person yet by now. Have you? Uh, unless you tell me who they are, Carrie. I don't know. Carrie. Oh, it's Carrie. Okay, I've met Carrie. I didn't know he was a romance yeah, option. So, Carrie is my favorite, like side character in this game um it's not because of his quest line but i just think he's a really fun character but like for example my game i can try to kiss carrie and if you do he pushes you off and he's like what the fuck i know i don't like that um and his is the best in that regard because he never gives you any indication that he's interested whatsoever which is more than i could say for panam or rivers like you said 
So in my game... Well, now I'm more confused that I can't fuck Rivers, but he seemed like he really wanted to fuck. No, because they didn't change the dialogue based on your gender. Okay, so this changed, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, they only changed <laughs> a few lines. So, like, that's and that's a problem with the writing, of course, is that Judy, uh, P- Panam, flirts with you even if you're a girl, and then you try to flirt back, and she's like, no, 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 V, we're just friends. So likewise, with River, when you are a girl and you decide that your girl is a heterosexual or bisexual and River flirts with you, it doesn't feel awkward. Whereas your character, you decide, is like a hetero male, or maybe you just don't like River, but he's aggressively flirting with you. And I think that's where the problem lies with, the, with these romance options. So you're saying, as a female character, Pan Am still does the thing where she like lays on you in that yes. cabin, yes. even though there's no action to be taken yes. on that. Yes, that's correct. Like You can try to flirt back with her, but she gets up and she's like, whoa, V, like, I didn't mean it like that, back away. Um, and that's the fault with the game, though, is that they should have had unique animations and dialogue based on your gender and uh, how your character looks in their voice so you could properly adjust the relationship. Because as it is, so, 90% yeah. of these characters' interactions are the same regardless of gender, even though their sexual preference is different. Right. So the other thing is you choose if your character is is male-leaning or female-leaning, but then the genitals have nothing to do with that, correct? More more so that, like, out of 100 lines that River will have, 98 of them will be unchanged, and only two of them will be changed based on your gender, and that's not enough for a romance option, in my opinion. You need to, you need to flesh that out so we, right. we have clear signals before of what they're interested in, what they want, etc. This, the, this is the most unnecessary uh, cyberpunk conversation that anyone will have, right. but I was very curious about, But like, and it, it goes back to these side quests and how unfinished this game is. Right, and <laughs> it, it's another problem too because Panam's is, uh, that's why I like Carrie the most in his romance option is because in his quest line, he never gives you any indication that he's interested in any sort of relationship. Um, you're the one that more or less has to has to start it. So therefore, it feels a little bit more natural than, like, Panam, who's clearly flirting with me as a girl, even though she is not, even though she's straight. Uh, so Johnny's in your head, experiencing you having gay sex with his band member. Yes, and I'm very interested to see that dialogue, to be honest. Because uh, so, <laughs> you know Johnny's going to be in the room, yeah, right? Yeah, please have sex with Carrie Lee, and then tell me what Johnny says. Because, fun fact, if you have sex with River... Um, when you wake up in the morning, uh, Johnny will just be against the bed smoking a cigarette and he's like tapping aggressively the wall and he's just like, I can't believe you made me fuck a badge. (laughs) And you're like, whatever, man, (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) That's good shit. Yeah, so I I like that. Uh, I like that. (laughs) Okay, my plan is is to fuck Carrie. Yeah, and I think, Uh, I love Carrie as a character. I think he's very funny. I love how they're like... Like the class, you if you figure in any recent game where they have a homosexual male character, they're typically taken very seriously. They're very intelligent. Like they're clearly stepping on eggshells because they don't want to offend anybody, right? Um, sure. In Cyberpunk, Carrie is like this alcoholic, depressive, New York accent, rude fuck who calls everybody cunts and like he's like, "You dumb bitches, get over here, give me some cigarettes and shit." Like. He's just fucking abrasive asshole rocker guy, and I fucking love him. I like it's one of the m- most unique spins on it because it has nothing to do with his character unless you want it to be about his character. So things I will say positively about these side quests: in Judy's last side quest, you go scuba diving, 
and you uh, you go to her old neighborhood and you realize it's been completely flooded out. And at first you're thinking, oh, it's uh, it's like the the San Andreas fault, like the fucking earth is falling into the sea. But it turns out uh, that it was intentionally flooded out by corpse. Um, so there's another just like a, a, a throwaway. Hey, this happened versus showing us. Or, or having it happen in real time. Be like, hey, the corpse are forcing people out of their homes and they're going to fucking flood it. That's evil. Uh, this game is not interested in having that conversation at, in its current state. After you do this mission, uh, and when I say after, I mean the, all these missions end the same way with V having a f- going into a fucking coma after the relic chip malfunctions and then you basically having to say, hey, yeah, this is the situation. I guess it's time to say our goodbyes. Judy gives me the keys and she goes to Seattle. In Pan Am's case... Same thing happens following Pan Am around the camp after the mission is done and she's reconciled with Saul. Uh, that last mission where you drive the tank, it, it's a mission where you drive a tank. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, then you uh, pass out again and then reveal to Pan Am, if you haven't already, what's going on with Johnny in your head. So both of these missions I did back to back in the exact same way. And feel like there's more, like Judy just kind of decides my quest line is done and I'm moving, I have to go back to my home planet. Pan Am's like, well, I guess I'm, uh, I'm made up with these guys now and that's the end of you doing quests for me. Uh, so call me on the hollow and I'll never reference this again. Uh, and then with the Rivers <laughs> thing, you, it has a cool thing where you find the serial killer. Like every open world game has to have a mission like this. Uh, you find the, the, all the boys in the thing with the, the tubes in them uh, and free them. And then Rivers invites you over. Uh, for a nice barbecue, I'm in the middle of trying to hit on his sister when he cock blocks me and tells me, "Hey, let's go up to the water tower," uh, and made it seem like he was ready to uh, to fuck me. When you have now told me that it was never on the table and this guy was just being putting out real weird vibes uh, the entire game. Right, and that's me. because yeah. I'm sure if they had another year, they wrote a they would have wrote a very uh, unique male V variant of that final part. It feels like, yes, that there is there is meant to be, like Mass Effect, multiple uh, like text routes right. you can go down with these so, characters. And because they didn't have time to do the other one, the one they had to leave in was the romance one. Right, so Judy, Judy's... Panam's ended this exact same way for me, by the way. She's just like, thanks, we're like best friends, you're welcome here anytime, see you later. Judy was basically, I am not going to leave because I love you now. I'm going to stay here, here's the keys to my apartment, now we'll never talk again until the end of the game. Uh, Rivers, yeah, Rivers is even worse. So difference is that, uh, Rivers' sister's clearly trying to set you up with River, and you can either lean into it or kind of, like, be like, haha, that's funny, uh, and then... Right, whereas from my perspective, I thought she was hitting on me. Right, and then, like, when you're eating dinner, she keeps, like, nudging River and being like, come on, come on, and River's like, okay, 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 and then he's like, come on, I need to show you something, and that's when you go to the water tower. Uh, I, oh, that's I weird. definitely fucked River. I, no, for me, it wasn't weird. I thought it was really sweet for my character and all. No, stuff. I'm not saying the 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 writing or like what's what's going on is weird. I'm just saying the way the game is structured and the quests are structured right. is fucking it's weird. It's unfinished. That's what it is. Yes, that's that's all it is, really. Huh? Yeah. So the Voodoo Boys. This will be the last thing we talk about today. <laughs> you did. You didn't kill all the Voodoo Boys. Well, in my first playthrough, no, I did not. I'm definitely going they, to my next. <laughs> is there any reason to leave them alive? Are they there? Can you trade with them? No, I, I had the... no interaction. I'm like, where's the big fucker? I want to kill him really bad. And I couldn't find him anywhere. So I'm like, ah, well, I guess I'll just fuck myself. Yeah. 
Uh, there's also a good part in that, uh, a dissonance in that quest where you come out of the place after they thought they fried your brain and those two homies are standing there. And they're like, oh man, you're still alive or whatever. And you cannot kill those guys. They, uh, they, you cannot even draw your weapon on them. They get back into their car and drive away. Weird game. We are going to, uh, talk about the ending or endings. Cause I will likely just reload and do all the uh, main story endings, uh, like you did. So that's the plan for next week, Wednesday, and then as we mentioned, Game of the Year starting January 27th and lasting two weeks with the February 3rd show as well. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. LeahTissyIceberg.com is our email address. Send your questions, topics, what have you. Thanks for hanging out on kind of a potpourri episode. Talked about a little bit of everything. And of course, Star Wars. Uh, We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for signing up.